And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have 2025 South Carolina baseball commit Jalen Fox on the JKR Podcast. Jalen, I know we've been working on this. Man, I think we've talked a couple times about getting you here on the podcast. Pumped to finally get it rolling here with you. Jalen, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing really good today. Uh, you know, I went to the gym, you know, got my work done. And now I get to, you know, sit here and talk about talk about the thing I love the most. Okay. All right. So before we dig into, you know, what you love the most, you know, in, t- in terms of the game of baseball, first question I always like to ask everybody to get to get the podcast started is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Jalen Fox? Um, You know, Jalen Fox is, uh, you know, I like to think of myself as, you know, uh, one of the most athletic, um, you know, a lot of people say, say that. I'm one of the most athletic people they've ever seen. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to South Carolina. Uh, I'm from Sanford, Florida. And, uh, you know, another hobby I like to like to do is cook. So Okay. Okay. Well, I guess uh, let's, let's kind of uh, on the topic of cooking here real quick. Can I take us through, you know, maybe where that passion came from and what, what's that favorite dish to cook when you're, you know, cooking for yourself? Um, I like to cook a, uh, you know, a hibachi style uh, dinner. Um, you know, I like getting on the flat top and on the grill, uh, you know, that, uh, that came from my grandma, um, you know, before she, uh, sadly passed away, we used to cook a lot, 
Um, you know, living in different states, it was tough. But, you know, when we could cook together, we would always cook together. So, you know, that's uh, it's it's really, uh, you know, became one of my one of my favorite hobbies other than baseball. OK, so, you know, when you are, let's say, you know, traveling around the country, obviously in the summertime, you're super busy, whether that's traveling to Atlanta, Hoover. I'm sure you're maybe going like you said, you're going out to Arizona here pretty soon. Are you cooking for yourself then or what's that look like? Are you maybe, you know, keeping that passion back at home since it's kind of tough to do that on the road? Um, you know, keeping it at home because there's uh, I, I've got six people in my family, so it's kind of tough to, you know, cook for all of us. So we usually, uh, you know, pick somewhere, eat out. Um, you know, have a good family dinner um, every night. So, I mean, it's a lot of money going into it, but, you know, it's worth it because that's, uh, you know, that's memories you build with your family and, you know, just just sitting there eating at the table. Okay, awesome. So you kind of mentioned there at the beginning that, you know, you're kind of moving around a little bit. Kind of take us through that upper upbringing and where that love for baseball came from. Um, So it's kind of funny. My younger brother uh, actually started playing baseball way before I did. You know, I – I looked, I watched a couple of games when he played and, you know, I just wanted to give it a try and I fell in love with it ever since. So, you know, big props to him, you know, bringing this good, uh, this great game into my life. And, you know, I've actually became pretty good at it. So. So how much, how much younger is that younger brother than you? Uh, So he's two years or two years younger than me. So okay. um, I think he started when he was about, I want to say maybe five and I was about, I was seven. So as soon as I saw him pick up a bat, you know, um, I wanted to give it a try. My first love was, uh, was basketball. So, you know, I had to put down the ball and pick up the bat. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, you know, seven, eight year olds, you know, that's still, that's still fairly young. When you're saying your younger brother started playing ball and that's when you started, I was thinking shoot, like you must, you must've just started playing, but you know, that's, that still gives you quite a few years underneath your belt, but um, let's kind of go ahead, dig into travel baseball here for a little bit. Um, you know, before we started recording, you talk about how you played a couple of tournaments with the FTB Phillies, have played a couple of tournaments with the Orlando Scorp Scorpions. Kind of take us through your travel baseball career, kind of how it got started and how you got connected, you know, with two great programs like the Phillies and like the Scorpions. Um, so my uh my first ever travel ball team was out of actually Fort Myers. It was the Gulf Coast Monarchs. And then, you know, as things started to get going, uh, I know you've probably heard the name Carter Smith. He was uh, one of the top players in the country for a little minute. Um, and, you know, uh, coming back to Orlando, I wanted to stay close to home, um, you know, not really close to home during the summer, but, you know, just somewhere I could go work out. You know, they got amazing facilities. Um, you know, Scorps is a, a great, great organization, but, um, you know, also playing for the FTV Phillies, they've uh, they've got great facilities down in Boca, Boca Raton. Um, you know, coaches are great with uh, both organizations, and you know, uh, still got love for both of them. Okay, so you talk about how you started your travel baseball career with the Monarchs. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and assume that that's maybe more of a regional team compared to where the Scorpions and the Phillies are continuously traveling throughout the country. What was maybe that biggest jump for you going from the Monarchs to the to the Orlando Scorpions and even to the Phillies as well? You know, what were those transitions? What were those jumps looking like? Um, you know, it uh, it started you know traveling when. We, the showcase, showcases started to get popular. Um, I think my first ever showcase was the 14U National. It was a, it was down in Fort Myers, but it was really a, uh, it was a good taste of, you know, what real competition is. Um, you know, the Gulf Coast Monarchs, we, uh, we were the number one team in the country for about, I think it was three years straight. So there was really no difference. And, uh, you know, 
competition, switching from the Gulf Coast Monarchs to the Orlando Scorpions and the FTB TBT Phillies. Okay, so you talk about there that 14U PG National. So you can kind of take us through what those events are for you in terms of like, you know, what the mindset is, maybe the atmosphere. And then also you said you're going down to Arizona for, you know, a couple PG events as well for the rest of the summer. Kind of take us through what those events are looking like and what your mindset is going into different events like that. Um, You know, my mindset is, you know, run fast, throw hard, um, you know, hit bombs. So, you know, if you hit the ball long, long and far and hard, you know, there's a good chance, you know, you you either get ranked high or you, you know, just get your name out there, Um, you know, throwing hard from the outfield, running the 60. It's all it's all a part of the game. You know, you can't go into it, uh, go into it nervous. And, you know, as my like from my first showcase um, to the one I'm about to go to, you know, the jitters have started going away. You know, I've started getting more uncomfortable, comfortable with the environment. So, you know, it's uh all the jitters, you know, they're not there anymore. Okay. All right. So, you, you know, looking back at this past summer, I know you, I think you said it was four tournaments with the Scorpions, two tournaments with the Phillies, you know, kind of what's that comparison between the Phillies and the Scorpions, you know, maybe the comparison, some of the, sorry, some of the similarities, some of the differences, what is that comparison? Between and the Scorpions? Um, you know, so the, uh, the, the Phillies, the Phillies are, uh, the boys that are on that, on that, uh, on that team, I, I used to play against them all the time. So, you know, I already had uh, relationships with, with those boys. So it was kind of easy to, you know, get used to that, that environment over there, but the Orlando Scorpions, you know, they were, they were great. I mean, we won a lot of games, you know, we came in third in USA last year, um, you know, just, we were, we were highly ranked, um, you know, last year too. I think we were about 21st and going over to the Phillies, they're ranked six. So, I mean, the, the environment and the competition between both, uh, both teams is really not much of a difference. Okay. So, you know, looking back at this 2023 summer, playing for the Scorpions and the Phillies, kind of take us through what the summer's looking like. Going tournament by tournament, you know, what did this tournament, what did this summer kind of look like for you, maybe on the personal side and on the team side as well? Just kind of take us through what this 2020, 2023 summer was looking like. Uh, it was a long summer. So we started off with the NPI uh, up in Lake Point, the PBR event. Um, you know, that was kind of a warm up tournament. And then we had all the basically the whole team went to the junior national. So we had to drop out of bracket play, go to our junior national. And then we came back to I want to say it was on, let me think here. It was a PG event. I'm pretty sure it was uh, the WWA. Um we went back to the WWA, which was in Atlanta, um, and then that's when I parted ways and joined the, the Phillies. So when I joined the Phillies, we were in Sanford, my hometown. So, you know, waking up early wasn't, you know, the whole team was complaining about how they should stay at my house. I'm 15 minutes away, blah, 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 you know. Um, but winning, winning those tournaments or play, playing in those tournaments, competing, it was, uh, it was pretty fun. Okay, so with that BCS tournament coming to an end there last week, you know, looking past this past summer, moving, looking forward to the fall and maybe those expectations for the 2024 summer as well. Kind of take us through kind of what your mindset is on that and what the plan is moving forward. Um, You know, obviously on the, the showcase side of things is get the 60 down, get the arm below up and, you know, obviously the exit below. But, you know, that all comes with the gym and working hard, Um, you know, got to consciously stay in the gym, Um, you know, hit every day throw about almost every day. I give your arm maybe one to two days of rest each week. Um, but, you know, just 
just constantly staying in the gym, you know, hitting it hard every single day. Make sure you're giving 100%. And also recovering, um, you know, you got to treat your body good because, you know, you're going you're going through a lot of wear and tear. So you got to make sure that, you know, when you're playing these tournaments, all the wear and tear from all the workouts, it, uh, you know, it doesn't affect, you know, your game play. Okay, so last travel ball question. For you. you know, kind of looking back at these past couple of years, what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about travel baseball? Whether that's on the field, whether that's off the field, what are some of those memories? Um, on the field, I would say, uh, you know, carry was really fun. Um, you know, going up to USA, you know, third place is, you know, it's not what we wanted. We wanted the gold, but, you know, it was still an amazing experience, um, you know, being up there with the boys, hanging out in the hotel, you know, going to eat, stuff like that. Um, you know, Atlanta was also a big one, you know. Um, we were the number one seed this year, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, obviously just playing baseball with your boys, it's, it, it doesn't get better than that. So making that transition from travel baseball to high school ball, kind of take us through these past two springs, you know, take us through your freshman year, take us through your sophomore year. You know, what's this high school experience been looking like here? So for you so far. Um, So I started as a freshman on varsity. Um, You know, I started my way, I, I started in the nine hole and worked my way up to the one, Um, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was a rough year because the SAC, which is the Seminole athletic conference uh, down here in Orlando, um, it was one of the toughest, toughest conferences. We had a uh, chance Fitzgerald going to Clemson, Garrett Bauman just got drafted Talon holiday uh, or talent. Yeah. Talon, Talon Bell, my bad. Um, he's a, uh, he's a top 50 player. He's, he's in the, um, the PG all American game this year, as well as uh Kaden Lopez going to Ole Miss, but you know, it's, uh, it's tough because you got some of the best arms down here. You got some of the best hitters. So, you know, um, I started off at Seminole. Um, I've just made my transfer to Lyman. Uh, me, me, myself and the head coach, uh, you know, we're making our way over to, uh, over to Lyman because, you know, some of the high school didn't treat us so good um, as far as the baseball program. But, you know, we love Lyman so far. Um, you know, hopefully we can uh, go, go get some W's over there and, you know, bring back a, a, state, a state championship. Okay, so looking forward to the senior spring, next spring there at Lyman High School. Kind of take us through what those expectations are for you, for this team, and maybe what the adjustment's been like, you know, maybe building some new relationships with some new teammates. Um, You know, new school. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have first day jitters, but, you know, getting to know all my teammates, you know, just letting them know that we're here for business. And, you know, this is – I get it's high school baseball. You're playing with your friends, but, you know, um, we got to win. And, you know, we're, we're, our goal at the end of the end of the day is, you know, to make it to Fort Myers, win a state championship, and then and then we can celebrate, you know, not win one game, celebrate, and then, you know, the, one after the other. We got to take it game by game, A-B by A-B, pitch by pitch. Okay, um, so – really, Just working on it. So you, you earlier there you kind of bring up, you know, what that conference was looking like there for you. Multiple, you know, top guys who are in the top 50 of their own classes, some guys who are getting drafted. You know, when you think of Florida high school baseball, I mean, you think of them in that top tier group when it comes to Florida, Texas, California, maybe even throwing Georgia there as well. Kind of take us through, you know, you know, by a week by week basis in the spring, maybe what that baseball competition is looking like, you know, what you're facing there on a night to night basis in Florida. Um, night to night, you know, you wake up on a, on a Tuesday night and you realize you, you, you got to face 94 that night. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool process, you know, to get to face some of the best kids. 
um, you know, in your area and, you know, you're, you're blessed with the opportunity to, you know, hit lead off and, you know, see the first pitch, you know, cause uh, you know, as the game goes on, they get tired and you don't see their best stuff. So, you know, it's just night by night, you're seeing, you're seeing a 90 arm and, you know, you're, you gotta, you gotta play defense. Cause these, the, the hitters down here, they can, they can bang, they can swing it. Yeah. So you talk about you, you talked about how you know you, you started off there as a freshman on varsity, hitting that nine hole, kind of worked your way up to hitting that leadoff spot. Kind of take us through that grind and maybe what your mindset was as you know you're working your way up from that nine spot to that leadoff spot. Um, so you know, starting off in the nine spot, you know, it was expected because you know, you're the freshman, you know, everybody everybody thinks you're some some scrawny little dude, but you know, as I got in the gym and you know started starting hitting every day, throwing every day, it, it started to pay off. And, you know, I ended up in the one spot, you know, for, for, uh, I think it was the half, half of my freshman season. And then I was there the whole time my sophomore season. So, and, you know, I started in, uh, in the corners, my freshman season, uh, you know, playing the outfield. And then as, as I started to make more catches, like it was, uh, you know, I think I had 50 put outs my freshman year. Um, you know, some of them, most of them diving plays and, you know, I got moved over to center field, you know, got the leader of the outfield. So, you know, as a freshman, that was a pretty cool experience. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can do that again this year. Yeah. So being that guy there in that Seminole lineup who, you know, goes through his whole freshman year on varsity, goes through his sophomore year, also being a power five. Were you maybe seen as a leader in that dugout there at Seminole this past spring? Or what was that kind of looking like with you, you know, being an underclassman, but also being, you know, a power five baseball commit? Um, you know, the, the, the recruiting started in eighth grade. So, I mean, I feel like my, even my freshman year, uh, you know, my teammates knew like this guy's got power five offers, you know, this guy's, this guy's legit. Um, you know, I feel like they, they kind of looked up to me as, as a freshman, but you know, it was, uh, I think last year was really where I stepped up, you know, as a leader, you know? So what, so with that Florida baseball competition being so tough for you, let's look back at last summer. I mean, sorry, let's look back at last spring. You know, you, you mentioned how, you know, you're waking up every morning, realizing, shoot, you know, like I got, I'm going to be, I'm going to be facing 94 miles an hour tonight. You know, what's kind of tougher playing high school baseball down there in Florida, or when you're playing travel baseball with, whether that's with the Philly Scorpions, whatever, you know, what's tougher and maybe, you know, what's that mindset adjustment for high school ball down in Florida compared to travel baseball? Um, you know, the mindset, you know, it really doesn't change, you know, be aggressive and, you know, see it, hit it. That's, I mean, that's, that's really what I, what I do when I go up to the plate. I mean, whether it's high school travel ball, you know, if I, if I can put a bat on it, it's going, it's going to go far. Cause you know, it's coming in there at 94 or 92, you know, it's a, uh, it's going to go. So, you know, I think my freshman year I had, I batted 310. Um, no, that was my sophomore year. I batted 310. My freshman year, it was, uh, it was rough. I think I batted I think it was two, two sixty. So you know, I made a I made a big jump in the average area. You know, I got used to the pitching. Um, you know, it kind of helps with uh, travel ball nowadays. They're you're facing a ninety arm every game, and sometimes you have three games back to back to back where you're seeing 90, 94, all this. So with that recruiting process, they're starting for you in eighth grade. Take us through that entire recruiting process, you know, in terms of, you know, when exactly it got started for you, when you were starting to get noticed by some of those Division One teams. Kind of just take us through, you know, what that recruiting process was looking like for you. 
So, um, you know, my first ever call was to Mike Metcalf at FSU when he was there. Um, you know, I talked to him for about, um, I think it was a year, and then he uh, decided to part ways as well. Um, you know, just getting all these offers, it was it was stressful because, you know, I was pressured to make a decision. But, you know, thank, thank, thankful for my parents, you know, they, they uh, you know, they let me know that it's my decision and, you know, I can, I can pick where I want to go to college. Cause I also had an ECU offer, which was uh, where my parents went. They, they both went there together. My dad played basketball and, you know, my mom went to school there. So, you know, I think it was uh, NC state, uh, South Carolina, obviously um, ECU and North Carolina were my top four. Um, you know, I went to every, every school I talked to, um, I went to their campus, went went and saw the campus. Um, you know, I made sure I did everything everything I could. You know, because uh, they they weren't able to you know have contact with me yeah. um, outside of outside of over the phone. Yeah. So with this recruiting process getting started so early for you, kind of take us through those initial conversations. You know, what were those looking like in terms of you know maybe questions you're asking them maybe some questions the coaches are asking you kind of take us through those initial conversations and what's kind of going through your head as well especially with you being you know an eighth grader freshman as you're talking to you know some of these power five collegiate coaches um you know being so young uh it was it was a little hard to comprehend what a grown man saying to me um you know it was uh it's uh it, it was a rough process because you know i'm i'm in eighth grade I, I shouldn't be ma- having to make this decision, uh, you know, that young. But um, as it came down to South Carolina, I wanted to go to the SEC. I wanted to play in the SEC. And, you know, it's uh, – South Carolina is just beautiful. Columbia is a beautiful city, amazing people. Um, you know, Monty and Kingston, thank you for the opportunity. But, you know, it was uh, it was it was a rough process. Yeah, I'm sure. So with that goal of playing in the SEC – Obviously, not all four of those teams in the top four were part of the SEC. So kind of take us through as you're winding down, maybe deciding, oh, I want this school in my top four. This school is kind of, you know, drawing interest from me as well. Take us through maybe what some of those key things you were looking for within a school, within a coaching staff, as this whole recruiting process was starting to unravel. Um, You know, my my big thing was to, you know, get away from home. So that was the big deciding factor um, of the whole thing. Um, but, you know, talking to talking to coaches at uh, North Carolina, NC State, you know, they all they all seem to typically say the same thing. You know, I mean, it was just more about who I trusted and, you know, who I could trust down the road. Um, you know, Monty Kingston, they, they did a really good job of, you know, pulling me, me pulling me aside at camp. Um, you know, it was uh, it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah, I'm sure. So as that recruiting process was starting to wind down, you're getting closer and closer to choosing South Carolina as your commitment. Take us through maybe what the final thoughts were and when exactly it hits you that South Carolina was going to be the place for you. Um, So it's pretty funny. I was at camp and we were doing like a scrimmage game off the machine. Uh, I think I was three for three. And then I stood out in center field and I just looked around and that's when it hit me. I was like, you know, this is this is home because, you know, looking up and you got the concourse, you got the stands, you know, just it was just amazing. It was uh, Founders Park is just beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Um, but it's with you being a kid from Florida, you know, obviously South Carolina's there a couple states away. Kind of take us through maybe some of those relationships you have with some of your future South Carolina Gamecock teammates in terms of maybe some guys you've played travel baseball with, maybe reaching through re- reaching out through social media. And what are some of those relationships you have with some of your future college teammates? Um, you know, Patrick Dudley, uh, Eli Pitts, Micah Matthews, Eric Parker, Parker. Um, I know you did an interview with him uh before, but you know, we've got our own little group chat. Um, you know, it's uh we all build relationships through there. So then when we all get to South Carolina, um, you know, the relationships are already there and we just play baseball, you know, we work out together, we we just put in work and you know, everybody wants to go to Omaha. So, you know, we wanna we wanna get there and we wanna win a win a national championship up there at South Carolina. Yeah. So staying on the topic of relationships, you know, multiple times here throughout the podcast, you've get you gave thanks to that South Carolina coaching staff, whether that's coach, um, coach Kingston, coach Lee, I know you, you know, and kind of name dropped them both here on the podcast, you know, what's that relationship looking like with them and, you know, how are you looking forward? How much are you looking forward to this August 1st date when you are actually able to, you know, get back in contact with them with this new NCAA regulation? Right. So, you know, I've been, I've been itching, um, you know, I've sent them multiple videos, you know, multiple, multiple posts um, over the summer. And, you know, um, I've noticed that they've liked tweets of uh, a perfect game of me. And, you know, I just can't wait to, you know, see, see what this conversation is about. Cause you know, they're able to call me now. And then if, if I'm caught off guard, then I, I got to answer the phone. So I gotta, I gotta lock in right then and there, yeah, but, um, sure. you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm super excited to get back in touch with them, you know, um, it'll probably be more than once a week now. So, you know, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm sure. So with you being in that 2025 class, so obviously you in the 25 class and some guys in the 26 class as well, we're kind of put in a weird spot when it came to, you know, you're already committed, have this new NCAA rule come in. What did that look like for you? And what was that adjustment going from, you know, talking to some of your future coaches before this new rule change to, you know, this past three or four months with, you know, no contact kind of being allowed? Um, you know, um, I don't really think, uh, you know, it hurt anything, um, you know, cause they're, they're always watching. Somebody's always watching me, you know, they're able to show up to games. They're able to see your actions, how you handle strikeouts, how you handle hits, you know, you just got to keep your emotions to yourself and, you know, just play baseball because baseball is a game of failure and, you know, somebody's always watching out there and, you know, I got to remember that, uh, each and every time I step on the field. So, I mean, um, talking to Kingston and Monty before, you know, it was, uh, it was once a week and, you know, they check in on the family, check in on me and, you know, walk, talk through uh, all my workouts and, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So I'm excited to see the new questions they have um, upcoming August 1st. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to do uh, an official visit this fall, won't you? I will. I will. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, uh, is it five? I'm pretty sure it's five, bro. Uh, see, I don't, I don't know that official. I, yeah, I think it's four or five. I, I believe. So. Um, I knew that I, I hadn't really, I guess, seen the exact number, but yeah, I think it's, it's around that number somewhere. So you, you'll be able to go and, you know, catch some South Carolina football games, maybe get that uniform on for the first time. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that, but so I know you're looking forward to that, but also let's kind of go ahead, look forward to when you get to that next level, you get there to South Carolina. I know right now you are listed as an outfielder and a pitcher, you know, as you get there to that next level, kind of what is that plan in terms of potentially being a two-way, maybe focusing on hitting? What exactly is that plan at this moment before you get to that next level? Um, You know, being a two-way, it's hard because, you know, you got to focus on both things. But, you know, as I get to South Carolina, I mean, I know that I'm always going to have pitching in my back pocket. Um, you know, I committed as an outfielder, but, you know, I can pitch too. And, you know, I can go on the mound, get out, you know, 
it's just a great tool to have in my back pocket, especially as a left-handed pitcher. Yeah, I'm sure. So with, you know, most likely that primary focus being on hitting when you get to that next level, how do you kind of see yourself evolving as a hitter when that focus goes from, you know, potentially not being a two-way anymore and kind of putting that sole focus on hitting, whether that's on – and putting that sole focus on hitting? Um, You know, it all depends on, you know, to see where – to see the muscle – the muscle growth, um, you know, obviously the height growth, um, you know, to see what ty- type of hitter I'm going to be, um, you know, whether that's a, a power guy, contact guy, you know, guy that just gets hits, you know, or a guy that just goes up there and hits bombs. So, you know, I mean, it all depends on, you know, to see where my body fills out in these next next couple of years. Okay. So, you know, as you're looking at, you know, how the way that you, your body's going to be filling out here these next couple of years, take us through your development, you know, as you're looking forward to, you know, going to this ball, going to this off season, you know, what would be a couple of those key points of emphasis you're wanting to put in within your development? Um, Like as far as like the gym and working out and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, are you wanting to maybe, you know, cause you talk about how there's the potential to be a contact hitter versus the potential to be a power hitter. You know, what's your kind of point of emphasis when it comes to your training in the weight room in the cage, you know, what is that kind of point of emphasis? Um, you know, just obviously just staying in the gym, you know, being being consistent with, you know, lifting weights and, you know, obviously running, um, you know, like I said, hitting every day is, is a key. So you don't leave, lose feel for the swing. You know what I mean? So, you know, just staying consistent with everything I do and, uh, you know, make sure I'm eating, eating healthy, you know, keeping everything clean. OK, so digging into that hitting side of Digging into the hitting side of your game, kind of take us through what the hitting approach is. You know, what's going through your mind as, you know, you're walking up to that batter's box, walking in there, kind of what are you trying to do with each at bat? Um, You know, obviously the goal is to get on base. So as I walk up to the plate, you know, I look at the pitcher, you know, step in the box, um, you know, grab some pine tar on my bat and then, you know, it just just go to work. You know, I mean, if it's in the zone, I'm, I'm going to swing at it. And you know I'm I'm gonna put a barrel on it, and it's it's uh it's gonna it's gonna drop in a hole, and you know I'm gonna be on first, second, third, maybe even a home run. So being a leadoff guy, are you a big two strike approach guy, or for the most part, do you kind of keep it the same no matter what the count is? Um, you know it it, it depends on who's pitching. Um, you know I gotta see the sequence. Uh, first time around, I'll if I get down to two strikes, you know I'll go into that streak two-strike approach, but, you know, second time around, if I know he's throwing off-speed a lot, I'll just sit sit on off-speed and, you know, adjust to, the, adjust to the fastball. But, you know, as the game goes on, you know, just seeing the pitch sequence that he's throwing, um, you know, that really depends on if I go into my two-strike approach. Okay, so digging into the mechanics of your swing, kind of take us through from that load-up to that follow-through, what exactly those mechanics are looking like and how they've maybe evolved here these past couple of years if you've matured a little bit more and grown a little bit more into your body. Um, you know, uh, I've really used, started to learn to use my legs, uh, a lot more, um, you know, obviously loading into the back hip and then, you know, getting my hands, get my hands back, make sure they're, they're set. Um, and, you know, just swinging, swinging through the ball. So, you know, um, but as far as that, you know, I mean, it's just load swing and, you know, try, try and make contact. 
Okay. So on the fielding side of things, I know you mentioned there your freshman year, you're kind of playing the corner outfield spot there at uh, Seminole High School, kind of moving to the center field spot there this past spring. For you, is there a mindset change there when you're playing out the, the corner outfield compared to center? You know, what's that looking like just in terms of maybe your pregame routine or maybe what exactly that mindset is when you're playing the corner spot compared to center? Um, The pregame routine, you know, it stays the same, but, you know, playing the corners, obviously there's going to be tail on the ball. Um, you know, whether that's coming from a righty or a lefty, uh, playing left or right, um, you know, center, it's more, it's more of a straight up ball. You know, I mean, many people have told me that, you know, I can, I can read a ball like no other. So, you know, I appreciate that compliment, but you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna affect the way I, the way I read a ball or the, the way my pregame routine goes. All right. So last baseball question here for you, you know, looking back at all these different teams that you're playing for, I'm sure there's been a ton of influential people within your baseball career but if you kind of had to narrow it down who would be the top two to three people who have been the most influential within your baseball career uh as far as players or coaches um either either you know some people go all players some people <laughs> go all coaches some people mix and match so that's kind of up to you okay um you know I have to start with my dad. Um, you know, my dad was a coach at once uh you know as I, I was as 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 I was younger you know in still is to this day, but, you know, my dad, um, Ethan Holiday, um, you know, that's, that's a great kid. You know, he's a stud, um, you know, he works a lot, works a lot, and, you know, number one player in the country and it's, it's, he's, he's proven himself. So, you know, props to that kid too. Okay. All right. So digging into my last segment here, like I said, before we started recording, I like to dig into the, you know, more personal side of things to end it off. That way it's not all about baseball. We can kind of get the fans to learn a, bit, a little bit more about you as a person. So earlier you talked about, you know, how you love to cook. That's kind of maybe your second love beyond the game of baseball, but looking be even beyond that as well. What are some of those passions, maybe some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball? And like I said, even beyond cooking as well. Um, you know, my little brother plays golf. He's, uh, he switched over to a golfer now. So, you know, I, if I can get out on the course with him, I will. And, uh, you know, but I mean, golfing, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. You know, I, I suck at it, but, you know, spending time with him is, uh, you know, better than winning, you know, playing up against him. So, you know, um, but other than that, I mean, cooking, golf, baseball, that's, that's about it. Okay. You know, the makings of a pretty good life right there, you know, three, three good things, but you know, as you've talked about it on the podcast here so far, you know, you bring up family quite a bit, you know, your younger brother, your dad. Um, but and I'm sure that's kind of, you know, plays a big role when it comes to your motivations, but looking deep down internally, what are some of those motivations that, you know, help you get out of bed every morning, help you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person, you know, what are some of those motivations that you have? Um, you know, I mean, Obviously, my dad played college sports. You know, I just want to have that same same opportunity. You know, even even further on. You know, playing playing in the in the league one day. Um, you know, I, I wake up every day. You know, I think to myself like, I got I got to go work today. You know, like I got I got to give everything a hundred percent. You know, because that's that's where I want to be. And you know, I mean, I want I want to be in the league. I want to I want to be on one of those thirty two teams and you know living the dream. Okay. All right. So with that dream of playing major league baseball, taking that motivation question a little bit further, perfect picture of your life, 20 years down the road. So you'll be probably what 30 set 36, 37 years old or so everything's going right for you. What does that perfect picture of your life look like? Um, you know, 36, hopefully still playing. 
um, you know, uh, playing in the league. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, got a couple of MVPs under my belt, um, you know, a couple of gold gloves. But, you know, who knows? You know, only God knows what what can, uh, you know, what what uh, what the future holds. Okay. All right. I'd love to hear that, man. Uh, um, four more questions here for you. I'll go ahead and ask them in sets of two. Um, so first set of two questions, coolest contact in your phone, you're scrolling through your contacts. Who is that coolest contact that maybe a lot of, a lot of other people don't have? Um, who would that person be? And then second question, TikTok for you page, you know, you log on to TikTok. you know, what's, what do you look, what are you seeing? You know, what are those different types of TikToks that you're seeing, you know, on your, for you page? Um, you know, it's a lot of baseball TikToks. Um, you know, I mean, it's MLB, the show, you know, uh, MLB, um, you know, it's just, it's just straight baseball. Um, you know, it's kind of like my Twitter page. My Twitter page is just straight baseball as well as my Instagram, but, you know, going over to the other question, famous contact. Mm, I'd have to say probably, probably Ethan. Not a lot of people have Ethan's, Ethan's contact. Cause you know, he's, uh, small town in Oklahoma, you know, only a couple people, um, you know, have his, uh, have his number, um, you know, obviously all the other, the other big, big 25 names, but you know, that's probably, uh, one of the, one of the biggest contacts I have in my phone. Okay. You know, pretty, pretty cool contact. To have. You know, obviously him being a teammate there, you know, his brother being that number one pick there in that 2022 draft, but, um, final two questions here for you. Go to playlist. Let's say you're making a long drive to Atlanta, Hoover, or maybe you know traveling to South Carolina. What's that go to playlist? What is that playlist that you're putting on? Whether that's a genre, a certain singer, maybe even a podcast that you're throwing on. You know what is that go to playlist? And then final question: Dream NIL brand. You get to South Carolina, get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand for you to endorse? collaborate partner with whatever it happens to be what would be that dream brand um the dream brand uh it'd probably be lamborghini um you know that's my that's been my dream car ever since um you know uh i think the the running back at uh the at at, at texas had it so you know i mean that i think that that'd be my dream nil brand um but uh what you said, what was the other question? Go, go to playlist. Playlist. Okay. Um, playlist. It would probably be a mixture of Rod Wave, Lil Baby and Future. That that's, that's my go-to playlist, you know, throw it on, you know, if I fall asleep, I fall asleep, but it's still playing no matter what. Okay. So is that, does that change whether that's you know, on a road trip compared to maybe you know, a pregame playlist or, you know, is it kind of always staying the same? Um, pregame is straight Lil Baby. That's 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 what I got rocking in my headphones. But, you know, on the road, it's it's mainly those three. OK. All right. Well, man, that's the final question of the J.K.R. podcast for you. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, I know we've been trying to you know work this out here for a while. So, you know, you know, thankful we were able to finally get that in. So, you know, thanks for coming on the show, man. And good luck as you go through these PG events coming up here these next couple of weeks. Go through the rest of this fall. Go through next year. Get to South Carolina, man. So good luck with that. And again. You know, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me.